All right, talking today about the heart of a father, the heart of a father. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. Having predestined us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. According to the good pleasure of his will. Rotherham's translation, which is the uh, emphasized Bible, says, in love, marking us out beforehand unto sonship through Jesus Christ himself. Marking us out unto sonship through Jesus Christ unto himself. In love, marking us out beforehand. In other words, before you were created, before we came on the scene, God marked us out through Jesus Christ before to be sons of God, daughters of God, children of God. In other words, God, from the beginning, he wanted a family. He just didn't want to be um, some almighty force or some almighty being or some uh, almighty, you can't really call him a creature because... He is God. But you know, like an almighty being that is far off and we just have to submit to whatever he says and we serve him and, you know, when he says jump, we say how high. Right? That may work for the military, uh, but that's not how the family of God is designed. God planned and designed a family. And from even before Adam and Eve made uh, mistake and sinned in the garden, he, he had the family plan from the beginning. And the interesting thing about God is when he planned the family, he planned for mankind to partake of what it's like to be a parent in the family. Because, you know, God could have created all humans at the same time, but he created Adam and then he created Eve. And Eve actually means life or the mother of all life. Why? Well, so that then they would have children and they themselves would be parents and would be leaders in the family. So God is a father and he is our father. I really like... Ephesians chapter 3 from Carpenter's translation. We'll go there in just a second. I'm going to give KJ a break today with all these uh, other translations because they're not in, that, in there. <laughs> but, um, you know, Jesus said in John chapter 14, whatever you, verse 13, whatever you ask the Father, uh, or whatever you ask I, in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatever you ask in my name. But verse 12, right before that, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you. Well, that's just old King James for, uh, you know, most people will say, like, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The reason they say that is, it is the strongest way that you could possibly say, it is this way and no other. You don't have to question it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, being cynical. Not that Jesus would ever be. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, telling you a joke. This is how it is. So he said, very, very, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, will he do, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. And whatever you shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll pray the Father, and give you uh, the Father, and He'll give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees Him not, neither knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be in you. And He said. In that day you will ask me nothing, but whatever you will ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. So he didn't say, whatever you ask God in my name, he'll give it to you. He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name. Of course, the Father is God. But when we approach uh, God in prayer, we're not approaching God in prayer as an all-powerful being alone. He is all-powerful. He is omniscient, which means all-knowing. He is omnipotent, which means all-powerful. And he is omnipresent, which means he's always present everywhere. You, you can't go anywhere where God is not. So you kind of like, well, I got myself in this fix, and what do I do now? Uh, I need the Lord. He seems so far away. Well, that's exactly what it is. He seems so far away, but he's not. There's a song that actually says he's as close as the mention of his name. In other words, you say the name of Jesus, like Jesus taught us here, whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Uh, uh, he said uh, in King James, up till now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And so whatever we ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Now I want to read Carpenter's translation just of the first couple verses of Ephesians chapter 3. There's wonderful prayers in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3 that Paul gave us anointed by the Spirit. The carpenter says, verse 14, In the meantime, I dare say you sometimes wonder how I think about you. You know that I care for you and am interested in all that befalls you. Above all, I desire your growth in grace. I pray constantly to the Lord for you, and this is the method of my prayer. I kneel on the hard floor of my little chamber and send up the thoughts of my heart to the great Father of all. I send up the thoughts of my heart to the great Father of all. I summon up my recollection of my own Father and of what I know of your homes and all the happy homes where I've ever been a guest. And I multiply it a thousand, ten thousand fold, and I enrich the conception with all that I can imagine of what fatherhood must mean in heaven. And then I say, our father. Did you do that this morning? <laughs> I didn't even pray it that way this morning. <laughs> but think about that. If you stop for a moment and you meditate on the fatherhood of God and how good of a father he must be, how good of a father he is, whether you've experienced uh, an earthly father that was good or an earthly father that, uh, you know, really abused you or hurt you, God himself is the perfect father. So when we approach him in prayer, we're not approaching some authority that doesn't really care about what we're doing, doesn't care about our lives. It's like uh, my children, I'm their pastor, but I'm also their father. 
and a pastor is probably a really horrible example to use because if you're a decent pastor, in my opinion, which maybe I shouldn't give my opinion, but uh, you know, you feed the sheep, you lead the sheep, feed the lambs, guard the lambs, you protect, you know, so any pastor should have a heart like a father uh, for people that they're pastoring because uh, it's not really about uh, having a position uh, that some people think puts you above people. One, one commentator said, I really like his the best. He said, the pastor is just one of the congregation called from among them to lead. Right? And so um, we have different uh, operations in fivefold ministry, and we don't do away with that. Uh, but the heart of a father, God has the heart of a father concerning you concerning all of his children. Just some of the children are not in the house right now, and they're not in the kingdom right now. They're kind of out in the world doing their own thing. Has that ever happened? <laughs> Do you ever see that? You know, I have four children. Sometimes some of my children uh, are not in the house. They're outside doing their own thing. Just yesterday, <laughs> I said to my children, I said, now, daddy's praying and studying for tomorrow. Uh, my wife is out of town right now. And so... I said, um, uh, I let them play some games and stuff in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I said, um, now, see, the kitchen is, is a mess. <laughs> really? It's just a disaster, I think I said. This is a disaster. <laughs> and I said, so I would like you to all, you all need to clean up the kitchen. I'm going to be in the room uh, studying and preparing. And so <laughs> people are laughing. You already know where this is going. So. I'm in there studying, and all of a sudden, I, uh, I hear noises outside the house. And I thought, you know, uh, the kids have these cats, and I thought, well, maybe it's the cats. And um, so I kept going, and I thought, oh, that sounds like one of the kids. And I thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, I got some younger children, so maybe they just kind of ran out and come back. They lose attention real quick. And so I gave it maybe 15 or 20 minutes. And then um, I kind of thought, this is not, something's not right. So I got up and I went to the kitchen and all four of my children had gone outside and were, some of them were jumping on the trampoline and some of them were just running in the yard and, and, you know, they were all gone and they hadn't done, I don't think anything that I had said. <laughs> And so I felt like a complete failure as a father. <laughs> I'm like, ah! You know, Melody leaves for, you know, a couple days and everything falls apart. What should I do? So I said to the children, I said, um, you guys are supposed to be cleaning the kitchen. Why are you outside? Oh, really? <laughs> Anyhow, we don't need to go into any more of the, of the situation. But as a father... Uh, you many times have to remind people, uh, do you remember this is what we're doing? This is what we're focusing on. Uh, this is where we're going to go now. And, uh, you know, thank God for his mercy and, and his patience with us because I'm quite confident he's more merciful and patient than I am. <laughs> but I tap into his mercy and his patience and I say like, okay, guys, listen, this is what we need to be doing. We're going to do this now before we do anything else. There's absolutely nothing else going to happen in this house until this is all cleaned up. 
We're not doing anything else. <laughs> so Carpenter said, I, I, I kind of dwell on the thought of a father, but not just any father. He said all of the happy homes where I've ever been a guest. You know, there's sometimes unhappy home, but he said all the happy homes. And then I multiply it. That's my favorite line in that. He said, I multiply a thousand, oh, 10,000 fold. And I think what fatherhood must mean in heaven. Think about, I think of fathers many times, and I think that the father is going to provide and protect. Provide and protect. Those are probably my first two thoughts. There's a lot more that a father does. Teach and help and strengthen and, you know, pray for and on and on. But just meditate for a second with me on the protection of God and the provision of God. Now, think about how well I could provide for my children or you could provide for your children, your abilities, maybe your skills that you have, your job that you have, uh, what you could do, how you could uh, sacrifice different things uh, for your children, and then multiply that a 1,000. No, not even a 1,000, like 10,000-fold. Like how much you have the ability to be vigilant to protect your family. God is all the more ever all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. In other words, he's not surprised that someone's showing up to try to attack. He kind of knows what's going on uh, in, in every direction and in every path. And you say, well, yeah, but God doesn't sacrifice. You know, he sacrificed his only son so that the protection that is available in him and through him by his power can be alive and real in our life. It is in our union with Christ, which we talked about last week a little bit. It is in our union with Christ where all of the blessings of God become real in our everyday life. In our union with Christ. And so Ephesians chapter 1, which is my favorite Ephesians prayer. I pray, I pray them both all the time. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Well, I'm going to start with verse 16, 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Remember what Paul said? Over in Galatians, he said that I may know him, or excuse me, that's uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. He said that I may know him. Paul, who had written so much, more books in the New Testament than any other author. Paul said that I may know him. I want to know him. And he also said, I have determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is the man who said that I may know him. And this is the man who said, I'm praying for you. That God may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing him. Or in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. I'm going to read you that in a couple other translations uh, real quickly here. This is Passion Translation, verse 17. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you 
the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. To know him, that is God, that you may know God through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. You like that? The wealth of his inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. That you may... Uh, Become or come to know God intimately, intimate knowledge of God. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness, verse 19, of God's power made available to you through faith, that your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted at first above every ruler, as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, and not only in this age, but also in the one that is coming. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. God is our father and we are his children. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations and everything, every single thing that exalts itself against knowing God, against the knowledge of God. So that's 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Let me turn there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Uh, verse 3, For we walk in the flesh, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. Now, I used to work with a fella, and uh, sometimes, uh, well, the more people you get together, the more uh, situations you run into. Uh, the more people in one place, more personalities, more conflicts, uh, it can just be very challenging. And so I used to work with a fellow, and he say, we had, you'd have a conflict come up, and he would say, do you want me to take him out into the parking lot and whoop him? <laughs> I'll whoop him. <laughs> One of us is not coming back out of the parking lot, you know. Well, you know, Paul said, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. But sometimes, though we walk in the flesh, your flesh wants to rise up, and your flesh is saying, I, I, I'll take care of this. You know? My youngest son, Joel, he's very, um, well, you don't ever have to wonder what he's thinking. So he will always tell you what he's thinking. <laughs> and you say, uh, Joel, you shouldn't say that. You know, or you shouldn't do that. Or, 
you know, and um, say it like this. Do it this way. Uh, and he'll, he takes correction normally pretty well. You know, he'll be like, his flesh is rising up. And I'm like, Joel, just laugh. No, no. And I say, laugh, Joel, just laugh. And he'll be like, <laughs> and then he'll change like on a dime. So uh, different personalities are so wonderful. But Joel, so he'll say, uh, lately, the last few weeks, he's like, you know what, Daddy? He's like, I'm going to get the devil, and I'm just going to punch him. I'm just going to stomp on him. I'm just going to get him. <laughs> Stuff like that. And I said, like, okay, Joel, you know, uh, but that's not exactly how we do it, you know. <laughs> well, you can find yourself in Joel. You know, now you see the devil deforming people, messing with their mind, messing with their relationships, telling them lies. I mean, the, the, the wisdom of this world right now, you know, the Bible says the wisdom of this world is foolishness. Well, some of the things that the world knows, you, you kind of say like, that doesn't seem 100% foolish, but I know that the Bible is true, so I know it's foolish. But uh, as time goes on, it seems like it's easier and easier to see the foolishness of the wisdom of the world. That, uh, uh, you know, claiming to be wise uh, as the world, you make yourself a fool. And so you think, like, this is, the, this is the great wisdom. And we have transcended everybody else. So right now, the world feels like, uh, in large ways, they have transcended Christianity, that they know more uh, than people, the people of God. Of course, we, we know they don't. It's, it's foolishness. But your flesh trying to accomplish it and trying to do it uh, doesn't get you there. So your flesh trying to get you to God will not get you to God. You say, well, uh, how, would I, how would I go to God for my earthly father? I would just uh, call him up or I would drive and see him or somehow we would meet up and I would talk with him. Well, with your heavenly father, Jesus told us in John chapter 14, whatever you ask the father in my name, he'll give it to you. So the same way that you could ask your earthly father, you go to your heavenly father, but with all the more love, all the more patience, all the more tenderness, all the more strength of protection, God himself looks upon us as his children just like he looks at Jesus. Do you remember the prayer in John chapter 17 when Jesus, one of the last prayers that we have recorded that Jesus prayed? John chapter 17 and um, verse 23, I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as you have loved me. Passion Translation says, you live fully in me now and I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity. So, Pause. If you're not experiencing perfect unity, I in them and you in me. In other words, your consciousness of God living in you, the greater one lives inside of me. The greater one lives inside of you. First John. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I know with family many times it can be the most challenging. 
and uh, you know, you get holidays, you get to spend time with family, and you're so happy to see them. Uh, one guy said uh, of his grandchildren, he said, I'm so happy to see them come, and I'm so happy to see them go. Because <laughs> you miss them, and then once you see them for a little bit, you're kind of like, oh! <laughs> so that they may be one in unity. One in unity. And uh, I in them, thou in me, passion, you live fully in me and I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity. Perfect unity. Well, many times in family, uh, the unity is, is, is difficult. So you look at the greater one who lives on the inside of you. And uh, if you look to the inside, the love of God on the inside, you're dealing with that family. You may want to take them out to the parking lot <laughs> and tell them something. But if you're born again and you look to the inside, to the greater one that's on the inside, you'll find there is someone there who wants to sacrifice for them, who wants to love on them, who wants to give them the benefit of the doubt, who wants to take them out of the framework that they themselves erected in your own mind because of how they treated you incorrectly years ago, but that you refuse to release them from that bondage. You refuse to see them the way God sees you or the way God sees them, which is in Christ Amen. or through the blood of Jesus. Well, what do, you, what do you mean when you say, I plead the blood of Jesus? Well, in authority, like in a courtroom, you say, I plead guilty, I plead not guilty. As a believer, you can plead the blood. What does that mean? Well, that means, how about you dealing with me according to the power of the blood and the life and the sacrifice of Jesus himself? So in other words, in this situation, I plead the blood of Jesus. So I'm looking at you, and I say, I plead the blood of Jesus. You may not say it to them. Like if I had known Mary for 25 years, and 25 years ago, she did something that really offended me. Do you understand, like, that's my problem, not hers, but at any rate, uh, she could have done something and not even realized it, or she could have done something and realized it and immediately said, oh, Lord, forgive me. Now, Mary would never offend, uh, offend of course, you know. <laughs> but uh, you look to the inside, and you let the love of God and the life of God dominate you. And, and you know, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Uh, Dad Hagen, when... He had a death in the family. You know, the family were trying to fight over the money. Over his grandmother when she was passing away. They're trying to fight over the money. And so uh, his brother said, are you going to uh, uh, go deal with that family business? And he said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he said, his brother said, you better not. He said, they will whoop you. He basically said, I'm really tough, but you're not. You know? <laughs> Because he was small and skinny at that time. And uh, he said, oh, no. He said, he said, he said uh, they're not. So he went there. And sure enough, they were just like spitting and sputtering and, you know, uh, fighting. And he said, I looked on the inside of me. And I said, greater is he, the love that's in me, than the hatred that's in them. And he said, you know what? He said, I love you. I'm praying for you. You need prayer. And they said, oh, I do, I do. They started crying. Love never fails. It just broke down that barrier, 
Why? Because he didn't, you know, do probably what he felt in his flesh like doing, which was taking him out to the parking lot. <laughs> you got to stick with the illustration. Yeah. Well, sometimes your flesh feels like taking him out to the parking lot. But if you respond to the flesh, you know, uh, Galatians said, if you live by the flesh, you'll die. So uh, the life of faith doesn't, it means actually that most of the time we're not just doing what we feel. It means that we're doing what we believe and then our feelings will change to match our belief. But if you let feelings drive the car, you're going to get in a ditch and you're going to have problems because your feelings uh, are not true all the time. Sometimes your feelings will match up. Uh, eventually they will. But then they may not last that long. I feel sad. I feel happy. I feel excited. I feel depressed. I feel this. I feel that. Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved only by what I believe. What? Well, I believe God. And God is my father. And God is your father. And he cares for you. And he watches over you better than any earthly father. Jesus said, if earthly parents know how to do good things for their children, how much more will your father in heaven do good things for his children? How much more? So when you come to the Lord and you come uh, to ask him or to fellowship with him, you, you come as a father. Like you're coming, not as a father, but you come as you would come to your own father, as you would come to a loving father, uh, an all-powerful father, and a father that wants you there. God is not a father that's saying like, uh, okay, I've got uh, five minutes in my schedule for you, and then I've got another appointment. I don't, you know, I don't think he has a schedule on five-minute increments. So when we come to God, our Father, we come that way as our Father. Here, people pray sometimes and they say, God this and God that. And, you know, to me, uh, I don't really have to try to think, how am I going to address God? I, he's my Father. And I have that type of relationship with Him. I, I should say I allow that type of relationship with Him because He wants that type of relationship with every single one of us. And when I turn to Him and my heart to Him, I'm excited for what he has to say, for what he's going to give, for, for just spending time with him and just knowing him more intimately and more deeply. And this is what Paul said. I pray that you would get a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing him intimately and knowing him deeply in the knowledge of him. That you could cast down every vain imagination, everything that exalts itself against knowing God. There's so many things, and our flesh is one of the biggest, that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. But if you don't learn to come to God as a father and see God as a father, you're, you're never going to have the intimate relationship with him that he wants to have with you. Because you're always looking at him as a, a being that may, you may see as God, but you're not seeing him as the head of your family. That, he, that he's got your back. He's taking care of you. That you, you don't have to, 
you know, my children, they may mess up and go out and play when they're not supposed to play, and they're not doing the dishes when they're supposed to do the dishes, but I still love them. But you know what? One of my children in particular, you know, train up a child in the way he should go, right? Well, that means that uh, children have many different personalities, and the way that I correct one of my children, if I correct the other ones that way, it will devastate them. And ways that will devastate one, if I correct the other one that way, maybe Joel. Um, uh, it's just like water off of a duck's back. It didn't make any impact whatsoever. You know, words with words, you know. And so Joel's like, ah, you know. And so Joel's very body kinetic. So you have to like, you grab hold of him and you talk to him and, and Danny is too. And, and so, uh, but my children, I noticed like you don't have to, uh, you have to teach children the truth of the word. Because it seems like human flesh feels like based on my performance, that, that uh, dictates my level of access. And it dictates the level of love. So one of my children, he'll say to me, and so I'm in the process right now of teaching him this, not just over one day, but multiple times. Uh, he'll say, because he's been, um, he's very strong-willed, and so he's made some uh, bad choices lately. And so when he makes the bad choice and he does what he knows he should not do, then he feels like, well, now you don't love me, do you? So I say to him, I said, no, I said, I love you no matter what you do, no matter how you act. It does not matter how you act. Now, your privileges will be changed <laughs> based on what you do, but I love you no matter what you do. It doesn't matter. Well, God loves us no matter what we do. Amen. It really doesn't matter. But I guess in a similar fashion, it affects what we experience in life. But it doesn't affect our relationship with him. So until you get to see God as your father, you're going to approach him from a distance, almost in fear. But God wants us to come to him as a father, as he's our father, that he's a loving father, and that he wants to be with us and talk with us and teach us and train us and instruct us and help us more than what we want uh, to hear from him. That we look to him as our father and that we approach him with full assurance of faith. That we say, Father God, I trust you. I love you. I, I thank you that you're my father and that I am your child. God is our father. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our Father, that we're part of your family, that you care for us, that you provide for us, that you're there for us, that you've made a way, Father, in, in, in all of the mess that life can throw at us or that we can, uh, the mess we can get ourselves into. I thank you that you are our Father, full of love, full of strength, full of vision and purpose for us, Father, that your plans and your purposes for us, thank you that they go beyond our mistakes. Thank you for your grace that is mighty towards us and mighty in us. Father, that your grace upon us and within us, it, it takes us where we could never take ourselves. Father, I thank you. 
in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you don't, you're not part of the family of God, the way you get in the family is you come through Jesus Christ to God the Father, and he invites you into his family. He actually makes you brand new, a brand new person, uh, recreated to good works and recreated in Christ Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never accepted him, you've never received him, it's not automatic. You don't just get to be born on earth and because God is uh, full of love and is love, you know, natural human thinking says, well, if God is love, then I'm going to spend eternity with him in heaven no matter what I do. That's not true. Because sin came into the world and separated us from God. And as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, everything is brand new. The way uh, that you come to God is you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then he recreates you new on the inside. It's not through what you do, through your works, whether good or bad. It's not about your works. It's about what Jesus did. If you'd like to receive Jesus this morning, start a new life, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. God loves you. You come just the way you are. Secondly, if you're here this morning and you were in the house of the Lord, Christian, part of his family, but you let other things come in and separate you from the Lord, uh, you know, you don't even know what your status with the Lord is right now. And you'd like to know, you'd like to come back. Slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. If you slip up your hand, make it good so I can see it because the light's kind of bright. Uh, number three, if you're here this morning, you've never been filled with the Spirit. There is an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, wait until you be filled with power from on high. The baptism of the Holy Spirit will give you the power to live a godly life, the power to be a witness. That the way that you live and what you say, the words of your mouth, be anointed of the Lord. If, if you'd like to be filled with the Spirit this morning, slip up your hand and I'll pray with you and for you. Well, Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for bringing us into your family. We thank you for your protection that you've protected us even till this point in our life and that you will continue to protect us. Father, I pray for every person that can hear this. Father, that there wouldn't be one person that would live another day without coming to know Jesus. That those that don't know you would receive your son, Jesus Christ, and come to know you. Father, that each and every one of us, that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you intimately. Father, that the best part of our day would be when we wake up and we can talk things over with you, when we wake up and we can be conscious of your presence within us. Father, we thank you for your word, that you gave us your word that lasts and endures forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.